Hi and welcome to Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today we are talking about the creative process as a spiritual discipline. Hi, this is the first of many because I always feel like I mention how a lot of artistic disciplines teach you a lot about contemplation, sensing, about yourself. And I feel like I always gesture towards it, but I don't really explain what I mean or I don't comb out what that means. And also, I feel like a lot of shamanic practices always has disciplines of dancing, of storytelling, of art making, but its purposes and how we learn it, how we do it, is different from how people professionally or usually train artists, yeah? But a lot of very intuitive artists, right, just end up channeling, end up being very open, end up being very powerful and sensitive. But the thing is, sometimes they don't have the guardrails, right? So sometimes they get very depressed or they get very unstable. So I don't want that to happen. (laughs) I want folks to have access to the arts, access to the liminal, access to like these really cool symbols and energies, but also like feel that they're kind of doing it in a way that feels productive, creative. It feels like themselves, right? It includes themselves. Yeah. And the thing is that I also feel that um, a lot of people kind of go to the arts to distress, right? You have those mandala coloring books, uh, people go to like art therapy adjacent stuff, whether online or like, you know, just going to dance classes. But the thing is, I also feel like it would be good for people to have a general idea of how to go about arts for healing in like different levels. Okay, like the, in different levels in how comfortable you are with making it into a spiritual practice. So this, I'm going to speak to both hobbyists, people who just do it on the side, who kind of just want to do it for self-care, but also for people who do it professionally, because that's also different levels. So for people, or I wouldn't say level, but different new ones. So for people who don't know, I worked as an artist teacher in a theater company before, I also wrote and did layout for like game companies and I'm a professional dancer as well. So I totally understand that the professional environment for uh, art making, you know, game making, theater making, is also very different. So introducing caring practices, compassionate practices, more cognizantly aware, emotionally aware, spiritual practices in your troop in your company in your process is a thing it's like a thing um it definitely has a little bit more labor especially if you're like guiding a bunch of like young people or healing people but the thing is i just wanted to give a bit of a framework so that people who are doing this within that context feel equipped to do that Yeah, because I feel like everyone's doing their best to do that, like even diplomats, even academics, uh, even like HR corp people or, uh, you know, even Western medical doctors. So the thing is, everyone's trying to do things in a healthier way. So what I'm doing in this episode is I am delineating or like um, making more clear 
how this could come to your creative practice. And I'm going to do this repeatedly <laughs> with different mediums. So I will do visual arts with a friend on a different episode. I will do dance. I definitely want to do dance. I will also kind of intermingle it with theater. I'll do multimedia arts. Uh, when I say multimedia, I also mean like, I also want to talk about ritual and ceremony, how it kind of engages different symbols and senses at the same time. And then how do you kind of think about that? Both from like a theater and a shamanic perspective. Yeah, so... Um, so I wanted to talk about dance. I also wanted to talk about games. And then finally, I want to talk about writing. I totally understand that uh, these are not the only mediums of art. Obviously, like I really believe cooking, culinary arts is so, so powerful. But I feel like that would be maybe a different episode or like outside of the series. Because I wanted to talk about more like the arts I'm more familiar with right that i feel more competent with sharing yeah so if you have like some very something as simple as singing right maybe a lot of like the practices i share will be transferable to that but i also do want to kind of really come from like an authentic place that this is what i can share this has what's worked for me this is what is super powerful and what I've noticed amidst a lot of artists, healers, shamans. And yeah, I, I think this is just my way of kind of making it very accessible, like in a convenient episode format that I could just link people when they're kind of exploring um, this dimension of healing. Yeah, we good? Okay. Okay, so for most people, you might think that when you hear art or using art as a process, you think of visual arts, you think of painting, or maybe you dancing. Maybe writing might not be the first thing that you do, but I did want to talk about it because not only is it really easy to channel writing and that stories are always sacred and holy, I also think it's very accessible. We write every day. We write messages, we write social media descriptions, we mythologize, eulogize, you know, we look at TV series, right? And there are stories, there's words, there's dialogue, there's language, right? And I feel like there are a lot of pieces about, you know, how words are spells, spellings, how our mindset, how our affirmations and mantras kind of shape who we are, kind of like intone into our systems certain truths and i really do agree with that i'm just you know i'm just resurfacing it for the podcast but the thing is i also want to talk about word the word writing as a creative practice i understand that some people can have a journaling practice they could have something that really kind of helps them get in tune with their feelings kind of walk themselves into what is happening to themselves but i really really wanted to focus as i have previously explained about the creative practice yeah as a spiritual discipline so what do i mean it's when you make up stories it's when you go to a page and surrender to an unknown looking for 
the poem, the essay, the short story that wants to be known, right? It's when you kind of go to a page and you're like, I want to trace this relationship and kind of sanctify it by the way of me sharing it. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. It's, it's, the intentions are a little bit different. And I just wanted to share that for, for people who also want to maybe read a full-length book, maybe uh, The Artist's Way is also very helpful, but I also just wanted to share my perspective. The thing with, is that I've noticed with, in case people don't know... <laughs> The written word, right, both in print or even digital. You know how like when people message you and you kind of feel the energy behind the word? Our words are like symbols and glyphs. They're sigils that encase our energy, right? It's not just the word has an energy. We also embed it with certain energy, especially also when we talk. This is why I like an audio podcast. But anyway... Because um, it has such dense information. But my point is that even when you write texts or descriptions or like publications, descriptions of yourself, embedded within it is energy. Embedded within it, within it is a matrix of energy, possibilities, truth, right? And how do you embed that? Oh, your intention. It's just your intention. It's a reflection of where your energy is at, where your spirit is at, right? So anytime that you're kind of like, you know how like when you're doing an affirmation or a mantra, you kind of change your posture to kind of occupy that. Like, for example, I am loving. You shift into a feeling of, I am loving, so that you can actually say it authentically that I am loving, right? You kind of shapeshift or attune or train yourself to that feeling. Same thing happens when you write. You know how like when comic book artists or animators kind of scrunch their faces into different feeling states when they try to draw a character angry or sexy or like they're trying to move. They're also copying on a body level that movement. So you see how you going into a certain state embeds your writing, your creative work into that certain state. Yeah, I kind of want to just really emphasize that, that you tuning your instrument, tuning who, where you are, helps you make the work. Do you see the possibility of that? When you intend to make a work, for example, that is so generous, that is so all-encompassing, that is so powerful and reaching, it already trains you. It already challenges you to train your instrument to find its way to latch into a version of events where it becomes capable of doing, meeting, mirroring that same energy. See what I mean? It's not that... I know that some people kind of have a very linear version of creativity. Like, I need to research this much, and then when I put those things together, it becomes that. No. The thing is, all of creation already exists at the same time. 
all possibilities, the fact that you can visualize it or feel it, right? It already exists. So when you try to create that thing, right? Whether it's a painting or a writing or a situation, right? You leap into that reality. You switch or you like almost sit in that reality so that you can make your story, you can write your poem, you can write the thing, right? So that malleability, that malle- that flexibility of your energy is what we're training for. That's why I called it a spiritual discipline. Because it's, you know how, I just wanted to, I want to emphasize the anatomical nature of this. So when I see like artists who are birthing a work or for example holding space for a lot of people, I kind of see their womb where their manipura have like a big like uh, umbilical cord feeding the thing, right? Or even like a businesswoman who's like taking care of a lot of people's or relationships or like gigs, there is a cord to that relationship. So there is a definite postural body level relationship energy of you and the thing you're making right so when in the same way that a mother has an archetype or is mothering when they're you know growing a baby or when you're for example taking care of a plant you are in a energy of caring for or nurturing the plant you see what i mean so when we try to make a work, right? So when we try to make a work, something as simple as um, I want to write a story of my inner child being free. Or I want to write uh, love, like real love. Love that I feel like is what I mean by when I say love. Like you're, you're figuring out what, how, how you want to be loved, Right? Another version of things that people can be writing is uh, like a poetic version, like a rarefied version of like their previous heartbreaks of grief, of like their really complicated story, whether it's like diaspora or like um, weird friendship betrayals, right? Sometimes you kind of, this is my moon in Gemini talking, by the way. Sometimes you kind of need to write it out to kind of just allow the words to kind of frame the situation and be able to hold the situation, right? So the thing is, when you have those intentions, so for example, you're trying to dream of what love is, you're creating the container, you're creating the pot, you're creating the environment by which that word, that story, that writing about True love can grow, right? You're birthing it. Yeah, you're you're creating an invite. So I, I know that a lot of people kind of have this kind of very masculine, ambitious view of creativity. Like, you know, you you put in the reps, right? You clean it up, you 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 commit yourself, right? You you do the hard work. Right, and I'm not alien to that. Of course, you need a little bit of masculine commitment, but I also just want to offer that a lot of shamanic practices have a very feminine approach to creativity, meaning you cultivate an environment by which it grows. 
it's a lot rounder. It's a lot more buoyant. It's a lot more... It feels more incubator than going up the mountain. Yeah. It it feels like you, you find the seed or the egg, right? So, for example, the egg of true love, how it manifests for you. Or maybe even a question, right? And then you just surround it with nourishment. So, for example, let's let's stick with the true love metaphor. You wanted to write a fanfic. <laughs> or you wanted to write a poem about what love means to you now right you want to make a cast of characters a location a story of what true love means to you now right i also want to emphasize that um for people who like neil gaiman one of his best writing advice to anyone was that you kind of need to know how to tell the truth. You need to know how to be emotionally vulnerable and real with your stories to put anything honest, authentic in them. The reason why I say art, creative process, is a spiritual discipline because it's very hard to be authentic. Um, you're taught that or you're grown into that. Uh, a lot of people could get into authenticity via i don't know therapy or like the public stage you know how like you're just cornered into being yourself because being anybody else is tiring enough so that's kind of like there are many ways to get to that but my point is that a lot of the artistic greats right or a lot of the work that feels really real is coming is stemming from like a very lived and real reality that they wanted to write home into. So you think about Khaled Hosseini, Amy Tan. There's a lot of these uh, famous novelists who wrote about the legacy and truth of their homes, right? Of Iran, of China, of very difficult collective hurts. And this is why, you know, your English class makes you read about them. Because there is a telling, there is a telling in writing, yeah? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that even with non-quote-unquote spiritual circles, the, that nature of authentic drive still exists, even from formal famous authors. Anyway, you try to make an environment where you are honest. You try to make an environment where you are safe. Right? You try to make an environment where you give yourself total fucking permission to do what interests you, to do what is uniquely you, what is odd, what is your genuine interest. So I want to give a few examples. I love examples, by the way. I love type design, typography. I love layout, right? So some of my earliest game writing work had really weird layout because I feel like layout also speaks so much about how we encounter the word, right? When everything is all caps, when everything is like filling up the page and spilling over, when things suddenly are like jaggedly small or like in windings, it's very much, um, it was just part of my writing style. It was part of my writing style to know what kind of layout what I'm trying to write is. Because the layout kind of inspired me as well. 
right? And the thing is that if somebody was trying to formally train me into writing, right, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me space to do that. Another thing, another example, I love run-on sentences. I really do. Um, my Mercury in Aries feels so liberated that I can trip on uh, commas and punctuations. I love that um, run-ons feel like they keep running on, that they slip and they kind of tumble and they kind of like overlap over each other. I love how they feel breathless. I love the speed, right? I love the passion. I love the fire with like these disjambled sentences right and the thing is that it, when i sat with my truth with what i write not only does it want to shout and kind of spill over but it also didn't want to be stopped it didn't want to have punctuation or correct punctu- punctuation right and the thing is some of my best writing like when i say best meaning it's like people really received it well or like constantly like always um always compliment me on it are writing that's like that writing that's like so viciously me so viciously honest and i always say that i feel like i'm hunting for something i feel like i'm hunting for a question or a feeling or trying to encapsulate it into writing and the thing is that yeah yeah, I just I just gave myself full permission to write like that. A full license. I really had like a good friend tell me that, "Oh, you could be mean or you could be loud. Like you could you can do that. You don't have to write like you're in school, like you're in you're trying to impress someone with like formal essay format. Just just write like you. Write like how you wanna like how you feel like you want to guide yourself, right? Now, I know I gave a very, like, um, me example, but I've totally seen other people kind of be very Virgo, very organized, very meticulous, very kind of like, almost like a refined instrument, kind of always very Libra, very, very, their, their writing feels very, like, washed. It feels very repetitive, but also washed, very detailed very patient very very the world feels very thought out and i feel like it's a place na minamasa na massage they can massage all these intricate details the reflection of like their very virgo homemaking energy essence is reflected in their writing because it's like also just as homey as meticulous as detail oriented as warm you know, as as neat, right? And I can't write like that. <laughs> I'm not like that. And the thing is, but their love seeks to be like that. Their their love or their creativity also um, expands and extends their capacity to be like that. And it's just so cool. It's so cool to me that somebody else can be like that and, you know, I'm something different, right? So I just really wanted to share that a lot of the creative process is being also being able to meet yourself right like some of our earliest material is some of the most personal we especially if the work is just for yourself like it's for um you're never gonna share it to anybody though i will talk about sharing soon 
if you're not going to share it about everybody, sometimes, you know how it's kind of like just taking a dump, taking a shit. It's just relieving to get it out of you. Out of you. So you know how um, channelers always talk about you received an energy and it's so hot or it's itchy or it's kind of uncomfortable until you let it out. And they let it out through different ways. They sing, they dance, they move, they make art, they, they seal it somewhere, they they channel it to the ground, right? It's how the spirit moves you, right? The thing is, when we kind of have interrupted work, so for example, a book, a writing, a past life, a very important, when an important work wants to be birthed through you, right? The unfinished babies, your unfinished creative babies kind of fester within you, right? And I know that some people are really ashamed of their whips, so their work in progresses, like there's too many of them. But the thing is, I feel like people don't, um, I don't want you to mistake those two things as the same thing. Sometimes a work being half done is the work. As an Aries, I love sketches and drafts that are kind of like they were walking towards somewhere and then stopped. Sometimes that is the work. Okay, I just I just want to clarify. When I say that a work is stuck in your system and undigested and unreleased, what I'm saying is that when there's this really deep call to say something, uh, I forgot which writer said it, but the thing is, do not write. He said something like, don't write a poem unless it's like clawing out of your throat wanting to be spoken. Meaning a lot of people make work that's just for the sake of making work. But the thing is, this guy was talking about how how the work is like literally trying to rip through you. Right? It's like an axe to like a frozen ocean. It's like, like, like it changes you. It's transformative. And that's the kind of work that you prioritize because it's powerful, it's potent, it, it can do something. And the thing is that this is why I say that it's a discipline to do creative work because you need to be brave enough to usher those things into the world. You don't have to share them quite yet, but I think what I want to speak to is that when you're brave enough to rip out from your body what wants to be said and made is it is shadow work because you get to meet the parts of you but i also just want to say it's also reclamation work it's it's the parts of you that always felt edited right or felt unlovable or felt like it wasn't important enough to be said Right. So, for example, a lot of aborted writers who kind of park it because of, you know, a work or it's not like a viable job. It's kind of like telling your inner child or your inner creativity that, you know what, your voice is not important. Your play is not important. Your curiosity is not important. It's very it's very much this subliminal thing where, you know, what's your inner sensing or what you feel is emerging out of you that's not important your your inner your inner sensitivities is making it hard for you to adapt into society so you should just like kill those sensitivities do you see what i mean do, do you do you see how 
<laughs> Do you see how they're correlated? An unwillingness to to shepherd your innermost selves is also like a re- a really great way to punish yourself. A really great way to do self-torture, a really great way to kind of make yourself smaller and make yourself kind of feel pathetic because you have like an inner bully right yeah so i want folks to feel like when they're raging to feel really 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 ridiculously ridiculously compassionate ridiculously a fan of their own work your work is important so a lot of people also feel that uh they love art they appreciate art but they're not an artist right or like they they just consume it but they don't make it right okay that's valid especially on like on a professional level because it's hard to have like a really to ask for everybody a big commitment like that but the thing is that that's like saying nobody has an inner child inner child is like naturally creative right and the thing is a lot of people come from like a very judgmental background of the arts like that's good that's bad that's skilled that's unskilled that's like aesthetically pleasing that's not right i the reason why i keep emphasizing the creative process is cuz the fruits of art is gained from the process it's what you you know it's not the destination it's the friends you make along the way yeah yeah it's kind of like that that yes you know what's lauded by society could be different but the process the the fun right the the play that you can access by engaging with the process it's yours it's absolutely yours you know how like when you're for example for people who have kids or you have like just a good friend and they made you a poem and maybe it's not the most you know it's not going to have a pulitzer prize or whatever right but it was for you and it was so sincere and it was so cheeky it was so them wouldn't that be like the most important writing that you've ever received you being the reader of that wouldn't that be like the most blessed thing right so i feel like when people say that their voice or their writing is not important what they're actually saying is that i'm not worthy of being heard or that my sincerity is always undervalued or i'm not willing to kind of share kind of not willing to live as myself because my only metric of value is like this worldwide success right or like this traditional version of success so i really just want everyone to kind of like assess the part of them that kind of feels like doing that yeah the the, the part of you that kind of i feel like a lot of people who are a lot of people are creative since they were kids like it's very natural for a kid to like make up stories with their toys and stuff but the thing is when we get older our creativity gets co-opted right sometimes you use it to get girls 
sometimes you use it for as an identity like a self-protective identity like oh i'm the i'm the quirky one right or some people use it as like a defense mechanism right as like a place to escape to because they don't want to face their problems like i'm gonna just make this you know, I'm going to be the tragic artist and I'm just going to make this huge volume of work where I kind of sound pathetic. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. So, I guess the reason why I'm making this podcast as well is I really want folks to kind of assess what part of, what are the blocks that stop them? from truly believing they are creative because those are the beliefs those are the moments that is stunting your hara is stunting your navel chakra is stunting your womb your sacral so for a lot of people with like uh picos with like feminine infertility a lot of like also if your stomach is like weak if your stomach is um you have like a lot of like complications with it if if you feel like you ha- you don't have like a lot of energy cuz the hara is like your energy battery that creative force is dying within you okay if if you don't want to do it cuz you're scared you another thing i want to say is you're going to be unhealthy you're going to be unhealthy when you do not have access to this creativity and I, I understand that some people can be in the not the healthiest environments where this is celebrated or enabled. So maybe your family is toxic, your your work is toxic, your society is toxic. But the thing is that once your hara is activated, right, this this navel creativity is activated, not only can you provide like healthy creative spaces for yourself, but you can also transform spaces around you to be healthier have a healthier relationship around this creativity just like you know how like when you start like dressing like yourself like in your 30s or your like 20s right and the more comfortable with you are with who you are the less kind of affected you are by other people having opinions about how you look or present yourself it's kind of like that but with your creative force, with your creative energy, if you if you feel fully liberated and fully empowered and seated in yourself, right? You kind of you can't you, you don't care anymore what other people think, right? And yes, this applies to your writing because it affects how you talk. It affects how honest or how powerful you are or how creative you give yourself permission to be anytime you like release anything online or you you write sincere letters to family members or even with your relationships how you like express yourself how how creative are you like dialogue with like making connections and friendships yeah i really i really don't i mean I understand when people kind of I understand when people kind of like default into spiritual practices that are like very heart centered, like very 
oh, forgiving your parents or being very compassionate with like people who've wronged you. But the thing is, I also really want to say that please don't discount your creative force. So the womb, when you heal the womb, right? Even if you're a guy, okay? That is where the baby is. That's where the inner child is. So your own womb kind of takes care of the child or any kind of child, any kind of innocence, any kind of birth, and or any kind of beginning, right? I feel like when we cultivate beginnings, right? We cultivate any kind of genuinely new thing, Aries energy, right? When we lead any new innovation, it's coming from that space. It's coming from that inner creativity, right? Okay, so let's 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 loop this all back to writing and let's give ourselves maybe a few exercises. So I hope I've convinced people to not park and prioritize their writing projects, whether it's fan fiction, it's poetry, whether it's like like this obtrusely huge fictional world right or even essays yeah because they are digestion chambers they are very elaborate cultivation pots incubators of very important energies okay if you're willing to be you know brave enough to walk through them and then finishing them is also another ordeal of like commitment okay uh some bonus ideas so for example when I read fiction, I can feel when somebody's kind of reaching for um, past lives or parallel lives and how they're kind of rectifying certain truths. It's like they're writing certain spells of like bravery and love or compassion into these fictional stories. So don't think of your fantasy story as always escape, but sometimes it's like this very... You can you can feel the timber, just a timbre of it, of like, oh, this is important, this is real. There's like an energy that shoots through you, and you're like, oh no, this work needs to happen. <laughs> Another good book for creativity is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, because she talks about how, um, she talks about how magic kind of flows through you as you're making the work, right? Anyway. Yeah, and it's more like, I think it's also for novelists because she talks about how, you know, those common perceptions of, oh, I can't write good work anymore or my work is not really mine, right? Because when it's flowing through you, it's not totally yours. You you shape it. You know how like you're, you can have kids, your kids are yours, but they're also not, okay? So there's, so there's that kind of humility that it also teaches you. Right, it like it flows through you in the moment, but it's not, and you prepare yourself to allow it to flow through, but it's not also totally yours, right? It is assigned to you. You were humble enough to receive it. You see what I mean? So, for anybody who kind of feels like they have writer's block, whether it's like writing a bio of introducing themselves, or even like describing a workshop, or sharing their thoughts online let me give you some like frameworks or tips on how to go about that so that you don't always kind of fall back to um copy pasting or maybe chat gpting everything like i I want folks to enjoy 
the potency of their own word or their own spirit. So, so I want you to realize as well. So first off, I want everyone to realize that no one is obligated to read your work. Meaning it is a privilege to be read. It is a privilege that we have so much access, global access to hear everybody's conversations, voices, everybody's like wondrous worlds and creativity. It is a privilege to be invited like that. And the same way that it's a privilege, we respect and honor that we don't want to waste people's time. Okay? So in the same way that a death practice, so a death practice is when like, if I were going to die tomorrow, what is actually important? What actually needs to be said? In the same vein, right? That I don't want to waste your time. So this is what I actually have to say. Yeah. A lot of people, when, when you need to cut the fat or when you feel like you're kind of like always going around or you're always kind of fumbling with like you, you're being nervous with like sharing your voice, with sharing what you want to say, stop wasting people's time. <laughs> if you don't want people to waste your time and you're like committed with what you want to say, what do you want to say? If you do value your creativity, if you do value what are you holding and how you're wanting to connect, what do you want to say? Yeah? And the thing is that once it's very clear to you what you want to say, so for example, you were invited to an event and you needed to introduce yourself, right? You realize that, ah, okay, I'm assuaging people to know what my background is, I'm aligning with them in terms of, you know, my authentic interests, but also how I can serve them, right? Because that's the point of why people will read your bio, right? Once the I wouldn't really call it a why, but once your intention is very clear why you're writing. So, for example, that's writing a bio, right? Uh, Let's say, let's do writing a description and then writing fiction. So, when you're writing a description, right... I know that people write intentions for like their life or their day, right? But I want folks to also write intentions about their communication, their mercury placements. So for example, when you write descriptions for like your private life or maybe your professional life, you could write something as simple in your intentions, huh? Something as simple as, I genuinely want to make people feel valued. Or, I want people to understand the love that I've experienced. Or, I want to inspire people to know about my process. Or, do you see what I mean? When When you clarify why it is that you're sharing something, the word is already compelled out of you. Ah, okay. Now I know right? I really want people to write less fluff. I'm sorry. I want people to write less less useless words, right? I want people to get to the gut of the situation. And if you know why you're in that writing space or in that conversation, right? You'll know what to say, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next, fiction. Okay. When we're for fiction, I want you to also write intentions, 
they're almost like guardrails, right? Of, for example, I want to write a fantasy, supernatural fantasy of lovers meeting, and I want to realize what love means for me. And then you just go to that blank page or like that dark <laughs> mystery, right? And find out. For people who um, have a hard time, like, writing from scratch some of the techniques like very basic techniques that i want to share is that first of all go to pinterest and just collect all the things that inspire you um that evoke out of you that framework of you saying i'm writing a fantasy world where the love is blah 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 right so allow invite yourself to be inspired some people even change their outfits right so for example your narrative voice is very like old and mystical and you have this coat that makes you feel old and regal and mystical it helps you get into that narrative voice right so you can like wear something to kind of invoke that spirit okay another thing that you can do is that so some people don't have a pinterest board they have a journal of like inspirational things even songwriters do this they have like clips of things that kind of like nudge them or like pulse have this pulse of like a little living thing that they kind of can use right so really like really gather these things and realize that when you're making your writing you're not coming from total scratch or total emptiness you're weaving several existing provoking evoking emergent things okay you're not always coming from emptiness yeah you can you can if you want to, but I know that that stuns a lot of people, so I hope that you know those ideas kind of help you. Another thing that I also want to kind of offer is that it's great if you have at least one audience, like one other person who can you're writing for. Because I know, I know it's great to be able to convince yourself to finish the thing because you want yourself to be able to read it. But I also find it super compelling when you have like an interested friend or editor or even like a publishing deadline that really compels you to finish. <laughs> I feel like it's very important. I, I, I love writing already, but when I'm writing for a game jam or a fic jam or a, you know, a publishing deadline... <laughs> the spirit moves you faster <laughs> because someone's already waiting on the other end to read your work someone's already it's like you're being magnetized and pulled towards that so it's very so don't be afraid to have those kinds of like tricks to to help compel the work out of you okay another thing that people yes and that also works for like social media writing I feel compelled to say that. So, for example, if you have the discipline of I am publishing every day, I'm writing publicly every day for, you know, that, that's why NaNoWriMo exists. So NaNoWriMo is National November Writing Month. It's when people write at least 1,200 or 1,500 words a day because they try to finish a novel. Um But yeah, you can totally do stuff like that where it's like every day I'm committing to publishing a poem online. Right, even just on my Twitter or on my IG, because it builds that momentum. Definitely builds that audience. That that anticipatory audience builds. I have a Patreon for my game writing, and 
Honestly, if I didn't have it, I don't think I would keep publishing this much game writing or keep exploring or keep feeling compelled to um, keep feeling compelled to write something interesting, valuable and important. Right. So it's yes, I understand when people kind of need creative breaks or like recuperation, but the process can also be very healing, very recuperate recuperating and regenerative so i i hope folks don't kind of also for fire signs making something is very like restful (laughs) for us so um i i hope people don't uh don't discard the idea of their creative projects being very healing and regenerative some other tips for writing i feel is know your strengths and weaknesses so the thing is when you have like an an editor friend or somebody who has more experience than you and is very compassionate um sometimes they can comment on your writing i will also say the same thing with any kind of art like dancing theater when you have like a third person point of view sometimes they have the words or they have the pinpoints they can put tags or markers, ear markers, on the things that you're good at. So, for example, you were really amazing at writing creatures, or maybe um, you have this sweet potency with the simple turn of word, right? Or maybe uh, you're really good at dialogue, right? When you have somebody who kind of allows you to see yourself better please please treasure them please please treasure really good feedback and um sometimes i know that some people can get this professionally but sometimes this is just your friend who just likes reading and that they can just say it back to you okay this is really like (laughs) this is definitely like a gift of a gemini i'm sorry but this is definitely a gift of like Okay, maybe not just Gemini's, but the thing is, this is really a gift of somebody who allow people to care about your art too. Allow other people to guide you as well. Um, I feel like a lot of people buy into a lot of rugged individualism um, because of you know modern society, and you know you know I'll figure all of it myself right or i have to pay my teacher to kind of coach me or a coach blah 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 but really uh, i mean especially if you're not really doing this like for a job job like professionally let people in like let your grandma comment on your writing (laughs) yeah let your mom do it let a good friend kind of just appreciate your poem with you let people in basically you don't you don't you don't have to commodify or objectify your writing immediately it could be like um gathered sacred thing and other people can water your work with you so i find i i love my writing but i also love it when people say that oh your writing provoked something in me to change how i write things like i love it when people refer to my older games in their newer games because they're like i was influenced by maria's writing or 
after meeting me, people like write a song or a poem. Like I really love it when people comment or send me like works they've done after they've read my work. I feel like it's such a compliment or it's such a deep, deep like I feel like I saw their soul. <laughs> like it's such a confession of like how of how I've impacted people and you know they've they've let creativity process themselves in what they've learned and what they've discovered so i really i really want to allow people that yes even your youtube comments even how you reply to people it could be this potent and i it could be this potent you could be Yes, you're allowed to be impacted by the words of a YouTuber. Yes, you're allowed to be impacted by, you know, a dead person's words. You're allowed to be impacted by a rap that you just saw online, right? Allow yourself to be inspired and affected. And as you share your own work, allow yourself to be also directly spoken to. Allow yourself to be in conversation. Allow your allow people to grow your work with you, okay? I... I I always feel so you know how like um some songwriters uh, they're ravenous consumers like they they consume so much music they they appreciate so much like these niche genres and that's what feeds into their work so a lot of people who feel creatively stuck right I also feel like maybe you're not eating enough art <laughs> Maybe you're not eating enough nourishment. Um, It's when I'm trying to also write a work, sometimes to get into the groove of things, I need to read a good book or read a few good games. I, I need to, life needs to kind of like provoke me into, wow, wow, you could do that kind of thing, right? So like, don't, don't try to, you don't again as i've said a while ago you don't always have to come from empty or from emptiness and the thing is people can speak directly to your work or maybe even indirectly to your work as you like engage in other communities i also want to say that as i've made obvious in this podcast allow yourself to be influenced by other aspects of life other genres so maybe it's like the random songs of your grandparents or media right maybe like this maybe you're like super provoked by zombie movies for some reason right it's okay if that leads into your poetry that's totally fine and i do want to talk about that in my multimedia episode the one where i talk about how the cross genres kind of speak about ritual and life but the thing is uh I just want to say in the writing podcast that you could totally do that. You could totally, for example, you experienced a dance or you experienced a feeling or a movie and you kind of wanted to encapsulate that by writing. Go do that. Have that question. Go try that out. Yeah. Super fun, right? And super free too. Like like a writing instrument paper or a blank, blank G-Doc is free. And yet, it's like the whole world. It's like a whole playground. You could play God. You can play mice. You could you could do anything. Exciting, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. So that's more for like the creative blocks and creative, 
you know, tools, techniques, enabler stuff. Let's talk a little bit more about spirit. So, so I already mentioned a while ago that you can, you know, dress up and do a little bit of invocations before opening up the page. So I myself kind of invoke a lot of guides before I even, like on the top of my page, I, I do a bunch of numbers or symbols or words to open up, the, like open, it's like a, it's like a, it's a mouth, maw, like opening at the start of the page and then like a closing one at the end of the page. So it kind of opens the portal of the page as a place, as a distance as a destination so if you don't have a spell book of, or if your journal does not have invocations just, just do one at the start like the cover the front cover and the back cover something as you know when you get tarot decks and there's like incantations in the front and the back like let this speak the truth or reveal light or reveal clarity so just stuff like that like um um may i always find my heart Something, something like that in your journal, right? May I always find my heart. My heart is safe here. Or this, I am always protected, blah, blah, blah. Right? I'm always guided. So allow, allow like an opening and a closing prayer for whatever writing space or creative space that you have. Okay? That's one. Um, I also mm, want to say that so the next thing that you could do is that if you're invoking like a specific energy, so for example, Venus, Aphrodite, your dad, grandma, um, if there are symbols, um, colors, you know, ways that you make yourself feel more attracted, uh, like aligned with them. So maybe you're underneath a specific kind of tree, right? Allow yourself to involve yourself in those rituals. Allow yourself to evoke those things. And be very, very humble and intentional about these things. So, especially if you're invoking a lot of like big energies, uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So have like the correct protection rituals, invoke guards, invoke maybe somebody who's also like can hold space for you just in case. Like some people have very intense, you know, channeling experiences. But the thing is, you know, do whatever feels right to feel safe so for example for me um nighttime tends to be intense so if i need to feel more grounded i do it during the daytime just so that there's like less darkness uh yeah and the thing is so you do those invocations right you occupy that energy and then you write um some tips Writing instruments that are more permanent, so permanent marker, ball pens, tend to also have a deeper dig or edge. So this is why when you write like spiritual contracts, it's important to write it in ball pen, not pencil, because pencil has the energy of like being erased or like being temporary. Okay, so so take note also of the materials you're using. Like if you're using pen, crayon, um, what? How flimsy is the paper you're using? Does it feel legit? Um, is your laptop like? Did you like say that you know my laptop is a holy space, right? For those kinds of things. So yeah, that's kind of like my thing. Be just be very respectful, especially if you're like meeting bigger energies. Um, 
And I think my last tip for like very spiritual energetic messages is that have prayers for protection and who this is for, like how it arrives. So for example, people only access the energy that they're ready for. So for example, people only access the energy that they're ready for. Or this energy cannot be used or abused against me or against ill or for ill will. And when I know it's a little bit ironic, but when you have those protection scripts, guidelines, because you feel safer and more relaxed, the more wild and the more liberated feels it's ironic right the more protected you are the more liberated you are you always think that protection is like restraining like a coat of armor but the thing is when you feel like invincible you feel like you you're allowed to do anything right so anytime that any kind of spell writing or like any kind of writing that kind of has more um you know energies inlaid within it if you didn't do the protection principles really strongly and i have an episode on that um, i'll just link it in the description maybe that is what is stopping you from writing powerful work and making sure it's at the right communities it reaches the right people and that you know does what it's meant to do I do want to point out that in mosques, they write words from the Quran on their temples, like that it's that holy, right? And that's how powerful that little writing thing that you learned from grade school is. Being able to, you know how writing's on the wall, right? Um, You go to a bar and then there's like a lot of, for example sad or desperate words on the walls it 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 lives off of the walls right you can feel it kind of just stay there yeah and i want folks to kind of feel how when we're kids or you know even when ancient ones like the cave people there was a desire to leave a mark we we wrote initials onto stone or onto like onto trees yeah, there there was like a a it was compelling to us. There there was a innate fundamental compelling to us to mark or signify ourselves into the world. How magical, right? And I, I want us to kind of I guess I kinda of want to re enchant writing for everybody that that can be what it feels like for you. That it is your way of marking and like massaging the world into, you know, portals or waterways of who you are. Yeah. And that you can be as poetic, as loud, as grand, as obtuse, as forgiving, as you could, you could, discover so many things i also really like how i think the the reason why i also relax with books other than because one of my souls is an akashic librarian i love how you get to hang out with the best 
parts of someone. Like it took them years to write that book and it's condensed in that singular packet and you just get to hang out with them. You get to co-regulate with their word. And the thing is, I really want people to sense the energy behind the word and feel into like the wholeness of what someone's trying to offer, with the words that they're trying to offer. And yeah, I I hope that I hope that folks get the chance to read and like write that way. Yeah. So So yeah, I hope everybody learned uh, Yeah, so I hope folks feel deeply heavily enormously enabled to really free themselves via writing in any way or form and also how to weave in a lot of their invocations, their spiritual practices in this way of doing and being and just possibilities of like what it can do for you, right? I understand that if, you know, the most writing you do is, you know, texts and social media descriptions, but I also don't want to demunitize. Like, I don't want people to... I don't want you to see yourself as small. Don't make small what it is, the writing that you do. That's important in itself. I, I hope people really find it sacred their capacity and their opportunity to create and that people feel like they could just totally drop (laughs) any of like the misleading beliefs that stops you from being from that wild innocence that you know seeks to create that knows why it creates that wants to create and yeah and that's it Thank you for listening. If you feel like this is a podcast that would help a family or a f- or a friend, kindly forward it to them. And yeah, I have more episodes in the podcast link, so do check those out. And yeah. Oh, by the way, if you want to book me for a session like you, I don't know, maybe you want to talk about your creative work. You want me to see if there's like a spiritual meaning behind the projects that you're engaging with or learn more techniques like like specific to your situation you want me to channel some that's totally fine uh, you could totally book me just just see my link contact me and yeah that's it and bye ciao